when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. You're ready, Andrew. I am ready to pod. Have we started? Oh, man. Hello, Parsnips people, and welcome to the episode. I hope you're in fine spirits and enjoying good health. I thought you might like me to paint a picture of the scene here at Parsnips headquarters. It's 10am in the morning. I'm in a basement in London, Soho. The studio room is about 10 by 6. If you were to visit Sheds online, you could buy a similar-sized timber shed, knock you back about 469 quid. But of course, it would be yours forever if properly maintained. After a short sound, after a short sound check to establish correct levels, I lay back on the padded bench and wash all my thoughts of the show out of my mind. And then suddenly I'm hit by the acrid smell of sweat and chicken. I open my eyes to see a topless man scrubbing furiously at his tits with a Belinda wipe. It's my co-host, Mr. Andrew Dawson. Good morning. Good morning, Andrew. <laughs> Song. Oh, Mr. Dawson. Mr. Dawson. Just watch the sweat run. Mr. Dawson. It's Mr. Dawson. It's Mr. Dawson. He's been on the bread buns. Mr. Dawson. Oh, Mr. Dawson. Mr. Dawson. He avoids the hot sun. Mr. Dawson. Because that's when the sweat comes. Mr. Dawson. It's Andrew Dawson. Andrew Dawson. There you are, Andrew. Did you enjoy that? I, I did, because I joined <laughs> in and I, I got quite into it. That was lovely. Well, nice to be doing a parsnips. Is this a parsnips, is it? Yeah, let's call it parsnips. All right. I and didn't know if this was going to be a mince episode or a parsnips episode. Let's call it parsnips. I feel a little bit root veg, you know what I mean? But, but, but is it a mince episode? <laughs> it's a parsnips version of the mince. Okay, I don't know what's happening, but yeah. Oh, go how could I, I can't even know how to make it more clear. This is Atletico Parsnips. Right. Okay. It's just that last time you did that song in the Mince episode and I didn't know what was happening. I'm going to do it the start every week now until every I single, tire of it. In every form <laughs> of the podcast, in every episode, yeah, forever. Until I can see that on your face that it's no longer causing you pain. I, I, it's always, always going to be some kind of pain there. Can I do a quiz, Andrew? Have you got one? I've got two types of quiz. All right. We're doing uh, two types of episodes. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. This one is Euro Hike Pop (laughs) Boing. Yeah. Yeah. Van Gogh. You're not going to eat that banana while we're recording. All right. I won't eat the banana. Put the banana down. The the hell on when last time you ate something during this fucking podcast. Yeah. Listen up. It's Crash Boing. Mm. Tent, mm-hmm. yeah. Pop, dong, peanuts, camping stove, sleeping bag. Give me just a little more time. Oh, you've tried to say yeah. it the right way now. Tried to correct. There's been it. complaints about that as well. 
I thought, Andrew, it's summer and all that, and yeah. you, you might occasionally visit Blacks, you know, and get you some camping outdoors. Ah, I've already got my camping gear. Okay, well, this might be a good one for In you. In the attic unopened. All right, well, this is tent. It's the basics, I thought. Cheapest yeah. tent at yeah. Blacks, cheapest sleeping bag mm-hmm. at Blacks, and cheapest uh, single burner gas camping stove. Let's have them in order of price. That's tent, bag, stove. I think the most expensive will be the oh, the sleeping bag and then the stove. And weirdly, the tent will be the cheapest because you can get one of them pop-up things that are fucking useless for like three quid. Boom, bag, a bag, boom, yes. bag. No. Oh. <laughs> it's me who's happy. <laughs> you completely reversed it. Cheapest, oh. cheapest <laughs> is the Eurohike 250 sleeping bag. Oh. 11 Pounds, Van Gogh single burner, twenty pounds, Eurohike Pop two hundred two man pop up tent twenty five quid. The cheapest tent's twenty five quid. I would have gone for like nine quid. There was one cheaper, but well, no, yeah. no, no, but it was like oh. it was like a shelter. It wasn't officially uh, approved for overnight sleeping, do you know what I mean? <laughs> what was it for then? I suppose just to shelter you if you're <laughs> a protest or <laughs> queuing for Rod Stewart tickets, something like that. Oh man. All right, fair enough. Can I tell you a fishing story, Andy? I'll go on then. The story. Okay. Right. I'll stop you halfway through so Mm -hmm. you know where it's going, yeah? (laughs) I was in Norfolk. (laughs) Me and Paul were in Norfolk, right? Had a lovely day fishing, caught a couple of barbel each. So after the day, we went to the pub and we each had a pint of bitter, local bitter. Are you allowed that? Yeah. Okay. Alcohol's okay for it, for your heart. We didn't say much, you know, to be honest with you, Andy. Sick of each other? No, we were so content. (laughs) <laughs> Beautiful pint. I'll never forget it. Anyway, so at one point, Paul gets up, goes to the toilet, right? And on his way, what are you giggling about? And on his way back, I see him staring at the floor in the middle of the room for a bit. Yeah. yeah with like, I'm going to call it a curious look on his okay. face. Yeah. Questioning, curious yeah. look. And he sat down and he announces to me that there's a glass panel in the middle of the floor, mm-hmm. you know, and, and um, that there's a horse's head under it. Is he hallucinating? Well, what's going on? I don't know what to what's make in the it. bitter. I don't believe him. So, but I go straight up over there and look for myself. And sure enough, there, Andy, this is true. I promise you. Everything you say is true, Bob. Is is a horse's or is head? Down the horse's head. Yeah. Under a under a glass thick what? glass panel. You know, you can walk over it, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, there's a local at the bar. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We hadn't noticed him. Bit of an old-fashioned country tramp style. And he comes over and introduces him to himself. And he says he's called Panda. Panda? Panda. You know, yeah. like the cuddly bear. Yeah. I you're a bit a panda like a panda. Is. Well, kind of, yeah. A bit of greasier. No, but you're more like a panda than any of the other bears. You're not um, like a magnificent grizzly like me. No, I'm not like that. I'm, am I not like one of them little baby bears? Well, that's what I think. The nursery rhyme. <laughs> You you know you are, you're the middle bear who didn't get the no middle porridge. Bear. <laughs> so we asked him why he was called um Panda. Panda, yeah. And he said because he's difficult to breed with. <laughs> so it's fair enough, and it's a line he'd obviously use low. Obviously yeah. he's got a GSOH under, yeah. Yeah, that's his that's his way into a yeah. conversation. So we ask him about the um a horse, and he looks at us like we're taking the piss. He says, well, I, I, Norfolk, what are you on about? That kind of thing. You know, what the fuck are you on about? Kind of approach to life, yeah? And um, so we take him over to the spot, right? And there is nothing there. There is no break in the carpet, nothing. Whoa. Paul even, like, got down and, like, scratched. I can imagine he would, yeah. That. Panda 
goes and sits back at the bar, seems a bit pissed off with us. So we sit back down, Panda leaves, and as he passes us, he winks at us mm. and watch him leave. Yeah. So what do you, where do you think this story's going? I'm, I'm assuming South Africa, but then, <laughs> but then that's what you want me to think. So I'm, I'm not bothered. I'll just sit and listen. About half an hour later, right, the pub's a bit fuller. People stood about chatting, drinking, and I have to go at the bog again because of me prostate. Your, your yeah. situations. And yeah. I can't help but look down at the carpet where I saw the horse's head. And Andy, my heart skipped a beat as I see that the glass panel has reappeared. Yeah. And I look beneath it. And it's no longer a horse's head. Is it panda? It's panda staring lifelessly up at me. And that happened. (laughs) Why? I thought that was an important thing to sell you. You told me this. Why have you not gone to the police? (laughs) Or at least the landlord. Oh, yeah, like the police police would give me short shrift, wouldn't they? Well, I'm giving you short shrift as well. So, (laughs) you know, it's the police's job, not mine. So then what happened? That's it, I just thought it's it's a, a Norfolk, I'll call it, hey, I might start, you. it could be a new thread on Parsnips, could be. Norfolk Tales. Yeah. Do you like the sound of that? I do. Do you want to sing some Steely Dan? Well, what do you want to sing? Whoever who gold, the fine Colombian, make tonight a wonderful thing. No, I don't want to sing that one. All right, well, if you do think of one you want to sing. Okay. You hey, want... do you want some names to choose from? Go on then, like, I would right. like that, like. Jasper Pampers. Yeah. He's the heir to the Nappy Factory. Yeah. Uh, lonely Gordon. He's a lonely man. He's really lonely. Yeah. And uh, Kenny Mozart. Now, Kenny Mozart is Mozart's great, great, great grandson. He's got the ownership of Mozart.com. Mm. But can't be asked to do anything with it. I'm going to be the first one. Was it Jasper Pampers? Jasper Pampers. I like Jasper Pampers. Wow, you've yeah. chosen the name for once. I could imagine him striding into a party room like a cock. Yeah, saying definitely. That, oh, look, Jasper Caspers is in. Jasper Pampers has arrived. Jasper Pampers is here. Full now time. the party's going to kick in. Um, do you want to stroke me guinea pig? It's just there on the, no, on the table. No, the because there's no guinea Go pig. Go on, on, just it. give it a little stroke. <laughs> there's no guinea pig there. Oh, you well done, you. Swat, what's the matter with you? Ma 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 Martin, do do do. Ma 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 Martin, ma ma ten 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 ten. Yeah, I taped it, and it was um, him, you know, visiting the homes of celebrity footballers. And this week it was ex-manager Ian Holloway. Yeah. Hello, welcome today. I'm at the home of ex-black. And QPR football management man Ian Holloway. And I must admit, I'm a bit surprised by what I see. Let me describe it to you. <coughs> it's what looks like a former stable or tractor shed. It's all overgrown. And the windows are covered by what can only be described as Aldi carrier bags. There are huge cider barrels everywhere, which is a bit unusual, but I have to say I like it. What you got want, you thieving blow off? <laughs> it's me, Martin, from Homes Under the Hammer. We arranged to see you home. Oh, I yeah, you remember. Come on, come on in and make yourself at home. You want a jug of cider and a monkey book? <laughs> No, I'm all right, thanks. I see you're not wearing any trousers, Ian. Just a short baggy shirt or smock. Is that your look? It's unusual, but I like it. 
I must have left them in the ditch last night on the way home from the tractor rally. I needed a dump and I got caught short. Would you like some Branston? <laughs> no, I'm all right, thanks. So it's just the one room. You've got to sink or, or maybe it's a trough more like in the corner. A lot of straw strewn about and a lot of fermentation barrels. Where do you sleep? <laughs> I never sleep when I'm alone. That's when they get you. Who gets you? What's you on about, Ian? The cider monkeys. They come at night and steal your cider, and some say if they see an opening, they'll give you a bumming. <laughs> what an unusual, and might I, might I say, irrational fear. So is there a kitchen? I only eat cold tin food when I'm in here. If I'm out in a bite, I might have a nice pub lunch. I like crab very much, and I like sausages. What about a hot drink like tea or coffee? Or oh, my favourite, a nice creamy hot chocolate. <laughs> I'll stick the cider, thanks. It helps keeps my mind away from them monkeys. <laughs> One last thing, Ian. Why have you covered over your windows with carrier bags? I'm not saying I don't like it, but it is a bit unusual. To reflect the light on, on my beautiful legs, so I look like the dapple king of Yeovil. <laughs> Fair enough. You do have lovely legs. Well, thank you for having me, Ian, and good luck. Fuck off. <laughs> what did you say? Nothing. Uh, and that's what I recorded. I'm glad I recorded that one. Oh, yeah, you had your finger hovered over the air record button when that came on. Very good. Thank you. <laughs> hey, so, Andy, I was up uh, near Ali Pali in North London last Thursday. Oh, are you? I actually just went up so I could pop into Slaughter's because I knew Adrian, Adrian Lewis Darts player, would be in there. Yeah, yeah, he usually is there, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, it's his regular day. You see, he's had a falling out with Ron Craggs, right? And Ron is away doing community service on Thursday. Oh, right. It's been a bit so of I a snuck in. Tiff, has there? Yeah. yeah. Got, got a table and listened to, in on Adrian and the waiter like I always do. You know what I mean? This is how it went. Good day to you once again, sir, and welcome to this, the Hanging Gardens of Grizzly Fook. Oh, oh, what what have you got in that dirty, dirty cookery hall for me today? Well, for starters, we have a triple-bullied roadkill platter. Oh, roadkill, oh, oh, fuck, 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 fuck me. I can feel a lengthy squirt coming on already. Is it garnished with anything? Of course it's fucking not. You can glance at a photo of a leaf if you start to feel unusual, though. All right, a safety net. I like it, I like it. Well, we don't want uh, slipping into a meat coma, do we? This is why I keep coming back. Now, what else have you got? You might like to try a burst status survey. What, what the fuck is that when it's at home? A massive ball of ox dripping, sir. Oh, fuck right off, you crafty bastard. No, you fuck off. How do I consume said ox ball off a fork? No, you just sit up straight, nice straight back, and I fire it into your face with a popgun. Oh, oh, and can I get it doused in raw gravy first? I'll pass that request on to the chef for you, you twat. Right, let's get on to the mains. Right, well, we've got hand-lasered osprey, accompanied by a tiny bungalow made from oven-shrunk dinosaur feathers. Fuck yes, that's the meal of a powerful man who does not give a fuck about any of the consequences. Put that in me and I'll stride around like the around the dart circuit like a Japanese emperor. Wait, oh, you could. 
could try, and this is a ripe old heap of unwanted fuck. Pan-wankered hamster dads dished up with a tiny heap of posh food. Fuck, that's edgy hamsters. That's a bit near the knuckle, you fucking asshole. So fucking sorry about that. If it's any consolation, sir, the hamsters were all nubbits. All right, I'll go on then. Go on and plate it up, and I can write a blog about it tonight after I've slept on it. I believe in you, sir. I really fucking do. Oh, thank you. How about a dessert? What have you got that'll drink? this man-nappy that I'm sporting. Perhaps, sir, would like to chance his arm with a pack of ten edible cigarettes. They're fashioned from cured chimpanzee sphincters and stuffed with pulped lima teeth. Fuck a doodle do it, Andy. I can see myself struggling to expel those bastards for the next month. Anything to go with it at all, sir? Yes, just the usual tankard of hot meat juice and a side dish of trotters, you magnificent fucker. Very good, sir. I'll bring a bison's gallbladder for your St. Bernard to attack as well. And get a fucking fart on before I start ingesting this nappy. <gasps> oh. And that, Andrew, was it? <coughs> that was my Blimey. trip to Slaughter's. Lovely stuff. <coughs> did you enjoy it? I, I did. It loves throat's it. gone a little bit. It from, has a little from, bit. From enjoying it. I suppose there Christ. will one day there will be consequences um, of you doing that voice. Uh, probably one day down the line, yeah. Maybe I'll just grow old with a kind of a sexy Barry White voice. Maybe. And, uh, You've got Barry's body anyway already. <laughs> Very good. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about you insane hollywood ass so to recap we're cutting the price of mint unlimited from 30 dollars a month to just 15 dollars a month give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch 45 dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees promote for new customers for limited time unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows full terms at mintmobile.com when it comes to your finances you think you've done it all you've saved you've researched and you've invested all that you can now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor yahoo finance As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Hey, we've had some questions from the past snippers that have come in. All right, I don't know if you've had a look at them. I um, I uh, have. We'll just, we'll just do them on the hoof. It'll be all right. Um, Adam says uh, the new LG signature fridge freezer is six thousand pounds. Jeez, as it's mainly full of chicken dippers and blue drink, is it worth it? Um, I, I can't see how any fridge freezer six thousand pounds. I mean, the only thing I would say is, is like you know when you see movies like Girl on the Train or something, and they have those lovely big American houses, yeah, that kind of thing, and they have them massive fridges. If it's yeah. massive, yeah, but six grand. I mean, abso- nah. absolutely, Andrew. But you know, like, what if it is like fifteen foot wide or something? You could like get in it, like you a walk-in, I mean? like a walk-in wardrobe or fridge. That'd be something, wouldn't it? I'd like that. Yeah. Peas at the bottom, corn cubs at the top. Here I am, stuck in the fridge freezer with you. I'd, I'd have to have a look at it. 
I can't just say from him saying it's six grand. It's difficult. It's very, very difficult to 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 think of a justification, isn't it? Got the question here. I think it's from someone called Steve McLaren. Um, Is it? <laughs> and it's for Harry Kane. When did he first realise how powerful his magic chin was, and what steps does he take to protect it? So. Um, I've got Harry here with me. Have you? Harry, did you hear that, Harry? <laughs> yeah, I did. Oh, yes, I did. <laughs> Come over here. I get, hadn't noticed him sat there. Yeah, get nearer to the mic. Mind your chin on that, yeah. <laughs> I first realised my chin was magic when I was a baby. <laughs> when I dribbled baby food on my chin and it would start to bubble and curdle and form itself into a tiny shard of glass with the reflection of a criminal on it. The police would use these reflections to catch the baddies. Like all magic things, the best way to protect it is to rub it with the teapot. <laughs> oh, well, thank you, Harry. No worries. Are you good today, Harry? I'll be better for a fluffy buffy, actually. Why is that, then? I don't fucking know. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> is he going to leave or is he going to sit there in the corner for the rest of the episode? Uh, you can stay if you want, Harry. Yeah, it's up to him. It looks like he is. Um, Graham Hackney says, I was listening to the last part of this episode, walking home from work, and at the exact point you were talking about unusual incidents, two flies fell from the sky in front of me onto the path, and they were fighting. I watched for 10 seconds. They were definitely not having sex. They were fighting. Does this class as an unusual incident? Fly fight. That's unusual. That's a very unusual incident. Well done, It reminds sir. me of an unusual incident I had in my past, which I might have told you about before. I was walking along High Street West in Sunderland, yeah. and it was an incredibly windy day. And um, a lot, dotted along High Street West, along the pedestrianised area, there's some uh, quite um, quite thin trees, but high trees, right. with a little bit of foliage at the top. And as I'm walking along, the wind blew uh, a partially decomposed seagull. About one, it landed about one foot in front of us right? and I almost sort of just stepped into it but just stopped at the last minute now if I'd been walking one step further yeah. on that day the dead seagull would have landed on my head and that's thereby lays, lies the rub in it Andy yeah. I've enjoyed your story anyway and I ain't thank you rubbed. Bob but if it had hit you yeah. it would have made all the difference wouldn't it? that's why you put on your addendum saying oh, another foot so do you not think having a partially decomposed seagull landing a foot in front of you is an unusual I incident I don't think so no I don't think so. The, um, what seems more unusual to me that this, this, tr- these trees in the centre of Sunderland only have foliage right at the top. So is that because all the Sunderland lads and lasses climb up and gnaw at the branches? And I that? think this has become vindictive. <laughs> I don't want to comment further. I've got another unusual incident from my travel lodge oh last night. Oh, right? God, here we go. The flush of the toilet. I thought the flush of the toilet went on just a bit too long. Would you like to hear it and you can judge for yourself? Go on, then. What do you reckon? I think that was about three seconds too long. It's about three seconds too long, isn't it? <laughs> is that an unusual incident? Mind you, maybe it has like facial recognition, and it saw this <laughs> this, this brute brute from Sunderland coming in. <laughs> Thought I'd better I'd better power it up. <laughs> Not in the travel lodge. Um, maybe it's in the premiere. While we're talking travel lodge, there was a question about the travel lodge as well. Let's just where I can find it. Uh, it's here in front of me now. Yes, a question from Joel who says, how do you get the most out of a travel lodge breakfast? I haven't worked out the perfect formula yet. I don't take the travel lodge breakfast anymore. I stay in the travel lodge. If I'm going to have breakfast, here's my tip. Go on. Leave the travel lodge, walk to the nearest premier inn, go in and get the breakfast in there instead. Is it a superior breakfast? Yeah. And they don't ask. You can pay 
on the day. Yeah. I mean, you can pay as part of your booking or you can just turn up in the morning and go, I'll have a breakfast, I'll please. have a breakfast. They don't need to know you from the Travel Lodge. So Travel Lodge don't even do a breakfast? Well, they do. They do the full English and everything, but the Premier Inn, the sausages are better in the Premier Inn. Oh, is and that... that's what that's what counts, I think. I think that you judge a breakfast by the sausage, right? Yeah, if that's scrimping, so, it'll yeah. reveal itself in the sausage, yeah. won't it? So there we are. That's my tip. I've had, I saw there's a question here um, for the alderman. Oh, I. Um, what does it say? A question for the alderman. What is it about Robert that makes him so irresistible? Mm. Um, so I got in touch with the alderman mm-hmm. and asked for you don't get much out of him. No. And he sent me this message. Um, Robert? I find Robert irresistible because of his superior thighs and epic strength. Thank you. <laughs> that's it. That's all he would say, yeah. Well, that's enough, I think. He's a busy lad, isn't he? That's enough. I've got a crime club. Let's have a crime club. Well, are you, are you manning the drrrr? I'd love to man the drrrr. Here it is. Ready, steady, go. Crime club. Files? Sorry. Crime <laughs> files in association with Crime Club. <laughs> the small Yorkshire village of Harewood is an affluent enclave on the outskirts of Leeds. It's well known for Harewood House, an opulent 18th century mansion with notable collections of Turner paintings and Chippendale furniture. The residents enjoy use of a village pub, a post office, a community cafe and a village hall. A splendid place to live and home to many of Leeds' most successful people. But this tranquility was shattered like a sugar glass tumbler on the 22nd of February, 2019. For local nonsense potter Neil Hunt, this was an important day as he was going on his first date for over nine years. He had met the lady, Kate Robinson, in an online chat room dedicated to the craft of nonsense pottery. They had spoken online most days for the past month and he had finally plucked up courage to invite her for a romantic meal at the Harewood Arms. Today was the day... Sorry. Thank you. No, it's fine. Today was... The, today was the day, and Neil was sat in the snug of the Harewood Arms awaiting Kate's arrival. He'd chosen a sage V-neck pullover with a pink shirt and a pair of brown moleskin slacks. His hands were already sweating when Kate appeared at the door of the snug and gave him a cheerful wave. You must be uh, Kate. Um, We meet at last. Uh, Do take a seat. Can I get you a drink? They sell them at the bar, you know. There's a menu on the table uh, for you to peruse. Isn't this nice? I mean, isn't this really nice? And uh, you look nice. Oh, can I say that these days? Or will I get into trouble with the PC sheriffs? Did you want a drink? Uh, They sell them at the bar. Did I say very sensible arrangement, don't you think? I certainly do. Kate told him to calm down and asked for a gin and tonic. Neil was glad of the opportunity to leave the snug and gather his thoughts. Like Kate said, he needed to calm down. Why not? I didn't see that coming. I didn't think that was a point where you'd need that. (laughs) When Neil returned to the snug, he was disappointed to find that two young men had seated themselves at the other side of the fireplace. It was Leeds footballers Patrick Bamford (laughs) and Jack Clark. Their presence was only going to make it more difficult for Neil to act naturally but he had to give it a go. So, Katie, tell me a little bit more about yourself. As you know, I'm a local nonsense potter. I specialise in crackled glazes and freeform vase technique. I'm an active member of the local rowing club, though I I don't actually row anymore because my prostrate is the size of a fucking lemon. Excuse my Portuguese. (laughs) 
At this moment, he was interrupted by Patrick Bamford. Are you on a date nonsense, Potter? How hilarious. You hoping to get your grip? I could think of nothing worse than being groped by your rough, grubby, unkept hands. <laughs> That's quite a jibe, isn't it, Jack? Yes, Master Patrick, you've jabbed him right up there, right nicely. Yes, I have. Yes, haven't I just? He must feel very hurt and embarrassed, but it's his own fault for swearing in front of a lady. Look, can you two just leave us in peace? I, I don't know who you are, what you want, but I'd rather you left us alone in here. You don't know who I am. I'll have you know I'm Messrs Patrick Bamford, Esquire, and I'm right, large dar. Perhaps it's you and your beau that should exit. This man's an ass, don't you think so, Jack? Yes, Master Patrick, he's a right gravely stump. <laughs> oh, just get out, will you? The snug is for mature adults who want some intelligent conversation. It's no place for thick as pig shit adolescence. How dare you take that tone with me, you ignoramus. I've a good mind to rough you up, you ignorant bumpkin. That's quite a barb I've just delivered, isn't it, Jack? Yes, Master Patrick. I doubt there's any comeback from that that would suffice to exact revenge. Listen, Kate, why don't you go and powder your chest whilst I deal with this? Kate did as she asked, and Neil was left alone in the snug with his two combatants. But who would prevail? Too soon. We'll double up then. Right. Are you going to leave or not? No, it's you who must leave, or we will thrash you like a chambermaid who spit the saffron into a ditch. Right, that's it. That's fucking it. Let's fucking do this. <laughs> Neil removed his V-neck and shirt and stood there naked from the waist up facing Bamford. Go on, make a move. Make a fucking move. I fucking dare you. At this point, Bamford took a step toward Neil and slapped him on the face with the palm of his hand. Take that, Potter, and there's plenty more on offer if you're foolish enough to continue. I bet that stung him. Don't you think so, Jack? Yes, Master Bamford, that was quite a blow. There's few could recover from that level of impact. But no sooner had Jack finished speaking than Neil landed a perfect left hook on Bamford's temple. Ha! Take that, you fucking satchel of quick shit! You fucking show pony! Now you and your little ton, buddy, better get out of here before I fucking wind up another pelter! Jack was knelt down by Bamford, cradling his head in his arms. What have you done? What have you done to Master Patrick? Speak to me, Master Patrick, I beg of you. Indicate that you are unhurt. Bamford opened his eyes and whispered the words. Get David. Fetch him quick. <gasps> Shit. Jack shouted out the name David at the top of his lungs. David, David, come and help us. David! Master Patrick is down! Master Patrick is down! Within seconds, a figure appeared at the doorway of the snug. It was ex-footballer David Batty, and he was armed with a shotgun. <laughs> You've been causing trouble again, young Mr Patrick. Get him cleaned up, Jack. I'll deal with this prick. <laughs> Who are you? Who the fuck are you? <laughs> and what business of yours is this little fracker? I'm David Batty, and I fuck... I I'm David Batty and I'm a fucking nightmare. I'm afraid you've picked a fight with the wrong bloke because I'm charged with looking after him. Why has he gone Somerset? Well, I don't know. What's Yorkshire? Yorkshire. Yeah, Yorkshire. David Batty. I'm David Batty. I'm a fucking nightmare. I'm afraid you've picked fight with the wrong bloke because I'm charged with looking after him by father. I take no pleasure in this. 
At that, Batty cracked the butt of the shotgun into Neil's jaw, sending him to the floor. What the fuck? What the actual fuck? Fuck! He started it! I was just here on my first fucking date in nine years, and he ruined it, and now you've broken my fucking beautiful jaw! How can this fucking happen to me? I've got a Bible signed by Cliff Richard and Sue fucking Barker! David thrust his boot, booted foot into Neil's groin and started to press and mould his privates. I are you fucking animal! There's nine years worth of gunk in there! It's fucking agony! You dropped two condoms out of your pocket, mate! So what? So fucking what? I'm not going to get my grip now, am I? Just saying, though, two condoms, Leeds would definitely have brought more. I'll sit it. <laughs> Kate never returned to the snow uh, and deleted her account from the nonsense pottery oh, chat room. Man. Neil began to suspect that he would never ever meet the lady of his dreams. Oh, that was sad and violent <laughs> and exciting. So that's that then. A bit of that as well. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thank you, Parsnippers. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. Bye bye. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.